Just a quick reminder before we get into today's show, you can call or text us at 570-POD-WAD-1. That's 570-763-9231 with your ideas for icebreakers, topics, or just general feedback. We'll probably use it in the show, and you'll save us some creative energy, which we greatly appreciate. Find out everything about the show at yallheard.me. Now, on to the episode. jump right in yeah i think so okay one two three hey, hey everybody. everybody this is y'all, y'all heard. heard a podcast for me marissa phillips and me pete phillips are not related and this is a podcast <laughs> brought to you by one alex one cassie and four michaels oh yeah pete loves to let everyone know how many people give us our Patreon instead of leaving it a mystery and letting people think 20 people? It says right Patreon. on the page. Hey, I didn't include my own name on the list because I thought you'd be pissed about that. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, it does say it on the page. Some pages don't say it. Yeah, you can you can turn it off. Yeah. Hey, turn it off. <laughs> I don't like to, to show people. I like things to be a mystery. Anyway, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. How are you? Oh, um... Uh, I guess I'm okay. I'm still sort of just out of it a little bit. But okay. uh, I had like two days recently where I slept really well. That was nice. Nice. But I almost said sexy. <laughs> I, I have actually a lot of good sleep is pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, have started baking for the holidays. All right. And this is a multi-step process that includes me eating whatever is in the freezer so that I can make space for the cookies after I freeze them. You know, like after I bake them, I have to throw them in the freezer. Uh, then I have to make the cookie dough, and then I have to bake the cookies, and then I have to try to not go in the freezer and eat the cookies. <laughs> I just got to say, I'm glad I don't have the same process as Pete. Otherwise, I would have to eat so much shrimp that I don't know who put it in there or how long it's been there. I don't buy raw shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't me. <laughs> My mom did once, and I think she ended up... She was like, oh, it was on sale, two for one. And I'm like, okay, we, we're we not going to use one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Aaron's parents, when they come, like, leave us, like, raw meats and stuff. Which My parents do that, too, but, like, I don't know how to make shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> Neither does Aaron. Do we Google it? No. It just seems they're forever. But we don't want to throw it out because we feel guilty. So I just have an unlimited amount of... I have an unlimited shrimp festival. Like, I'm fucking Red Lobster, Pete. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Keep talking. Uh, no, that's 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 it. Um, th- to add to that, I guess, my mom has a couple of friends who don't need to collect food from a church, but they do. And oh. when they get food... <laughs> I, I know multiple people who do this, and it makes me uncomfortable. Wait, I'm sorry. They yeah. take free food from a food pantry, and they're not poor? Right. Yeah. That's very bizarre. Um, I know someone who does it, too, who I will not divulge. <laughs> and uh, they got a bunch of oatmeal and uh-huh. brown rice, and they didn't know what to do with any of it. So uh, my mom then inherited, like, five pound, one-pound bags of oatmeal. So I got... Wow. Got a lot of oatmeal cookies coming out. <laughs> hey guys, maybe don't get food from a food pantry. 
what do you expect to get like real cool limited edition things? You're gonna get <laughs> staples and a lot of it. Yeah. Anyway, and they feel that it's just this this particular pair feels that it's justified because they take the food that they don't want and give it to other people. <laughs> it's funny because your mother is like so, like your mother's a very giving person. She does so much for the community and her church. I'm surprised she doesn't call them out. I yeah. feel like your mother would call them out. Does she call them out ever? I'm pretty sure she has. Okay, yeah, because I would not imagine your mother would just, like, stand by and let that happen without at least commentary. Yeah. But I think yeah. it became a, a, a scales of friendship versus... Gotcha. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she probably just prays for them now. <laughs> and I would just say that uh, I have been... If I don't have money, I consider myself poor. If I don't have money, but my parents have money, they said I cannot be considered poor. Uh, there have been times where I am so poor... Honestly, I could have probably benefited from that, but my mother is so obsessed with us not looking poor. <laughs> but yeah, on the flip side, instead of not poor people taking the food, when I was poor, my mother would definitely never let me get stuff from the food pantry. Mm -hmm. I just needed to air air that grievance. <laughs> anyway. Uh, How about you, Marissa? What's up with your life? Guys, I'm really excited. If you're one of the people that came to see me, at, uh, I think it's called Dr. Mother's Mary Emporium, my first in-person sale of my, uh, polymer clay pumpkin shit. Uh, thank you so much. Pete, I expected no one to be buying from me, so I invited a bunch of people, like, hoping they could, like, cheer me up. I was so busy that I felt bad, so I apologize if I didn't get to give you the time that I expected to be able to give you, but, um, I might have said on the show that I had a dream I was only gonna make three dollars, and I don't even sell anything for three dollars. <laughs> Guys, I made back the money I put into the event, plus, like, double. I was so touched by how supportive everyone was, and by, I don't know, how much I sold, because Pete, oh, man, I was about, to, I was ready to cut and run the moment we got there, because I was clearly, like, the only, like, noob. Like, everyone went, like, I put all my pumpkins in a cooler, <laughs> because, that was like, I was like, I don't know. The cooler has a hard shell. All they had was a cooler and a bag. These people had like dollies and shelves and like cloth flags. One person made their own table from scratch. And I was like, Were they what? selling tables? No, they were selling like wooden masks, but I think like, to make it seem more rustic, they like made their yeah. own table. And I was like, Holy shit. Gotta get and my Jackowitz on that. I cryptically texted Cassie. I'm, I was, I cryptically texted her, I went too fast, and then I got distracted and never, like, followed <laughs> up with what the hell that meant. I meant I, like, went to too big of a fair too fast, but, no, it actually paid off, so yeah, I'm just really touched, and then, um, I was dehydrated from not drinking enough or eating enough that day, and then I felt I needed to drink wine to celebrate, and my uh -oh. skin is still so dry. <laughs> two days ago i'm still recovering <laughs> so i'm good i'm good pete um also more people want to buy magic wands than you would think yeah yeah just let you should know that my sister uh digs your magic wands really well i'm about to do a i'm actually making a magic wand as we're recording <laughs> uh pete behind the curtain um also I won't make this long because I already said how I am. 
But I stayed at the Four Seasons and I hate rich people. <laughs> <laughs> I hate them with a fiery passion. It was just like a dick swinging contest the entire time we were there. But we had no dick to swing. We looked like we were afraid to enter every room we entered. And everyone, I think, thinks we want a contest to get there because we looked <laughs> like we didn't know what was happening. <laughs> That's all. It's the end of that. Let's do an icebreaker. So, Marissa, I know that you're a big fan of gossip and everything, so I'm hoping yes. that you didn't see and read this already, but uh, I thought I would take today's icebreaker from a headline that I saw while I was browsing my news feed in Google News. The headline at People.com says, Brendan Fraser reveals the right way to say his name. <gasps> wow. For see, years, people have been saying his name wrong. How do you so, say it? My icebreaker question. I didn't click it to read to find out. My icebreaker question for you is how would you say Brendan Fraser any other way? <laughs> okay. Brendan, B R E N D A N. Wait, so the first name's wrong or the last name is wrong? Uh, he didn't say. Okay. I guess Brent what is his nationality? Do we know his ethnicity? We know that he is American and he came from Canadian parents. Ooh, Canadian. It could be a little bit of French. So, like, Brendan Frager. Brendan Frager. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, how about you? I went the same oh, wait, route. Wait, wait am, I, am I... Was I supposed to imagine how everyone is saying it? I don't think everyone is saying it. No, that. no, no. You're, you're, we're, we're trying to figure out the right way to say it. Oh, okay, yeah. Brendan Frager. My, I, I was going in the same direction. And I was thinking, like, Brandon. Frass, oh, oh. Frasset. <laughs> See, I tried to do French and I don't even know it. Guys, I'm so bad at French. <laughs> Brandon Frasset. I like that. So... Are we going to unlock the real one? The actor suggested an easy way to make sure fans pronounce his name right. He unveiled uh, the proper way to say his name during an appearance on Variety's Actors with Actors with Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler says, When I first met Brendan Fraser, that's your full name, right, Brendan Fraser? That's when Fraser corrected him and said, It's Fraser. <laughs> this, oh. is, this is hard to read. Um, yeah. After Sandler repeated it and didn't hit the mark... Fraser pointed out that it rhymes with the word razor. Okay, Brendan Fraser. Razor. Huh, I would, I mean. I guess Fraser. people were saying, like, Fraser. throwing a J sound in the middle of that. Well, I guess they were, like, pronouncing it like Fraser the show. Fraser Crane, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's not as crazy as I expected, but I also thought it would be something else about Brendan Fraser, because... I don't know. There's all sorts of shit about him in the tabloids these days. But, uh... Okay, I have something... I'm not going to come up with a totally different icebreaker. But I'm going to jump off from this. In your life, has anyone either misread your name or mispronounced your name? I say I add misread because your name is so easy to pronounce that, like, maybe someone has, like, mis mis misread it or something. Like, has anyone totally got your name wrong ever? Totally? Or at all. I mean, I don't know what totally means. Yeah. Um, my biggest, most common one is that uh, a lot of times people call me Philip. Um, 
And I had a lot of, excuse me, and I had a lot of gym teachers who would call me Philip Peters, even though the whole entire class list is last name, first name. For some reason, when they got to me, they thought, oh, Philip Peters. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. What? (laughs) All right. Sure. Um, And sometimes still people will call me Phil. Like, thanks, Phil. Why? Oh, I mean Pete. And I'm like, what? What? Um, I had a substitute teacher. I'm going to assume he misread it. And then this became my nickname for everyone who witnessed it. I had a substitute teacher call me Mamusa. (laughs) (laughs) He said, like, Mamusa? Mamusa Phillips? Did he have glasses? I (laughs) I think he did. I don't fully know. English wasn't his first language, but I don't think that explains it. Yeah, I don't think so either. But yeah, yeah that, that, that's it. That's my me expanding upon that. Ex- expounding? Expand. And then little smart-ass Marissa Phillips was like, more like Mimosa, too, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I wasn't as smart as at that time. I That was the time in my life where I received rewards for never missing a day of school. <laughs> anyway. You can't miss school. They'll think we're poor. <laughs> Something like that. I love my mom, guys. I love her. She just is weird. <laughs> Appearances are important. To my mom. Okay, can't wait to hear your segue. Speaking of your mom. Oh, do we get a call from my mom? No, 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 no. <laughs> I wish. She would never call into the show where Pete is so perverted. <laughs> This week, I'm not being perverted. At least I think. You're not usually being perverted. You don't need to frame that like you usually are. I wanted to build off of Marissa's topic last week. I don't even remember what it was. (laughs) And that's why I have a note here to remind you. Last (laughs) week, Marissa covered the not Eddie Murphy thinking meme. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I was thinking, like, people think. Like, if people think that that guy's Eddie Murphy, how could that happen? One is that the meme gets called the Eddie Murphy thinking meme. And then people go, oh, well, that guy must be Eddie Murphy. Another one would be that people look at it and they go, is that Eddie Murphy? And nobody says no. (laughs) Yeah. Someone goes, is that Eddie Murphy? But there's only white people in the room. And they don't (laughs) want to ask someone else. And it seems racist. So they're like, yeah. So I feel like... If a lot of people can be convinced that he is at, that the picture depicts Eddie Murphy, then a I think it, I think that shows us the impact that a meme can have. And we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, which is what I wrote in my notes before I spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> you wrote, "Don't spend a lot of time on this." But we are going to uh, start with a copy-paste from Wikipedia to build a groundwork for our talk today, okay? Uh, Pete, I'm sorry, do you mean a copy-pasta? No. I mean a copy-pasta. Oh, oops. Is that? No! Whatever. I'm not getting into whether or not it's pronounced whatever. (laughs) No, you pronounced it right. Okay, okay. In his book, The Selfish Gene... From 1976, the evolutionary biologist Richard Richard Dawkins 
use the term meme to describe a unit of human cultural transmission. I'm sorry, what year? 76. What? A unit of human cultural transmission analogous to the gene, arguing that replication also happens in culture, albeit in a different sense. So he's taking theories behind genes and how genes evolve and change and what have you, and applying that to a unit of human cultural transmission. Do you think the average person is aware that the word meme is going to around that long? Wow, (laughs) I feel like my mind is open. (laughs) While cultural evolution itself is a much older topic, with a history that dates back at least as far as Darwin's era, Dawkins, in 1976, proposed that the meme is a unit of information residing in the brain and is the mutating replicator in human cultural evolution. It is a pattern that can influence its surroundings. That is, it has causal agency and can propagate. This proposal resulted in debate amongst sociologists, biologists, and scientists of other disciplines. He thinks that his listeners can, and me can keep up with things that fast that are words we have not heard before. <laughs> I'll get to the explan I'll get to the summary okay. in a bit. Dawkins himself did not provide a sufficient explanation about how replication of units of information in the brain controls human behavior and ultimately culture. Uh, and the principal topic of the book was about genetics. So this was just like a side note in a book that he wrote. Hmm. Dawkins apparently did not intend to present a comprehensive history of memetics in the selfish gene, but rather coined the term meme as a spe- in speculative spirit. Ooh, I want to study m- memetics. There's a lot to it, Marissa. Like okay. It's very um, existential. <laughs> Accordingly, different researchers came to define the term unit of information in this context in different ways. Some felt that the unit of information was internal, a.k.a. a unit of cultural information in the brain. Some want to redefine meme as observable cultural artifacts and behaviors. Okay. So, yes, I know that was a bunch of blah, blah, blah. So, the the long and short of it is that it, an idea that can replicate among other people, you know, if you take the Eddie Murphy meme, sorry, the yeah. not Eddie Murphy meme. <laughs> Thank you. Then somebody puts it out there and somebody sees it and they go, oh, that's Eddie Murphy. And then they retweet, look at this cool Eddie Murphy, you know, uh, meme. And then somebody sees that and they go, oh, that's Eddie Murphy. Let me try to add something myself to that Eddie Murphy thinking meme. You know, so it's co- sort of replicating itself by way of human behavior. Okay. And it does have causal agency because it can influence people's surroundings. You can get people of color who are like, that's not Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Yeah, people of color that when I ask them, they just sigh. And you can also get people who go, ha ha ha, that meme is funny. Yeah. And this is where I wanted to put my first thesis for today. That is that Santa Claus is a meme. Wow. (laughs) Okay. And this is what I went into this week after Santa is a shapeshifter led me astray. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see I mean, if we can make all this work. Could have Googled Santa is a reptilian and gotten what you wanted. Yes. 
But my whole thing with the shapeshifter was that's how he can fit down chimneys. Mm, okay. So think about it a little bit. Santa is an idea. And in a way, we are all ideas in some way, right? And we have ideas of other people, too. Hey, don't, don't simplify me to an idea, please. Listening Speak to this podcast... <laughs> Listening to this podcast, you, listener, might have an idea of who we are, what we look like, how we behave, all just from hearing how we speak and what we talk about during this podcast. Like you might think, I am perpetually drunk. Guess what? <laughs> Newsflash, I'm not. 70% of the time. <laughs> yeah. I'd say now 50% because I realize I say questionable things if I do this drunk. <laughs> I'm not drunk now. For our purposes... We could meet our listeners, and then you could see if we do or don't match the idea that you have of us. But if you didn't meet us, you could potentially propagate the idea of who you think we are to other people, and you would be passing that idea along, and you could show evidence of our podcast to prove that the idea that you have of us is real. Like, most of the times it doesn't end well, but boy, I recently looked at the host of um, The Flap House, and one of them is really hot. <laughs> For a really long time, I didn't want to know what Hayes and Sean looked like on Hollywood Handbook. Oh, I was shocked. <laughs> that, neither good nor bad. It was just neutral. But I was like, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So, yeah. let's take Santa Claus. We have an idea of who and what Santa Claus is based on our parents, not you, Marissa, our cultural references... <laughs> Um, and we have lots of cultural artifacts that back this up. That he's jolly, fat, old, wears a red suit. We see this in movies, stories, cards, decorations, different people playing Santa Claus. So then I ask, does Santa have causal agency? Causal agency is any entity that provides an effect or is responsible for events or results. And Thank I think you. I think yes. I was like, does Pete think I know what the fuck causal agency means? But if you know what it means now, do you think that Santa has causal agency? Can you tell me what it means one more time? I think um, I talked An entity you. that produces an effect or is responsible for events or results. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Guys, I just want to say, and this is not me like being obnoxious, I need to do this so I don't feel insecure. I feel like I don't know what Pete's talking about a lot. Despite that, I apparently have a higher than average IQ. I'm not really stupid. <laughs> just just keep it real. A lot of people don't know what things mean, but they don't want to tell you because they're afraid of looking stupid. Yeah. I am afraid, which is why I'm telling you about my IQ. And this is one of those things where, like, even if you follow what I'm saying, the payoff is not worth it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I agree. Santa produces an effect. There's joyful children. There's sort of, like, warm thoughts you know, all around Christmas, and this is propagated by way of traditions from parents, friends, other things like that. Mm. So I think Santa is a meme. Okay. But also then, isn't the American flag a meme in a way? <laughs> oh, Pete's going to get canceled <laughs> by the right-wing mafia. So the question is not, about Santa being physically real, but being a meme in theory. Because you can have 
tons of memes about Pizzagate out there, but ultimately you go, yeah, but it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> That's debatable. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> so then how do we explain the following? Bristol, England, in the year 2000. I am 14 now, but this happened in 2000 in my old house in Bristol, England. I was with my mom and dad and my sister. Pete is not talking as himself. It's important that I say that since he didn't go up front saying that. Well, the credit is at the end. Okay. <laughs> it was about midnight on Christmas Eve, and I was the only one awake because I was really excited. I could hear these big footsteps in my living room. I was quite scared, and I could also hear bells tingling above me, so I wanted to see what was going on. I walked down the Did stairs. Did he say tinkering or tingling? Tingling. <laughs> Never heard of that. Okay. I walked down the stairs very slowly, and I could see this big man putting presents around my living room. I wanted to say something, but I was too scared to do it because I knew he would be angry. No, because I Ew. thought I thought oh. he would be angry. <laughs> okay. I, I ran back upstairs and went back to sleep. I was so convinced I saw the real Santa and told everyone in the morning, but no one believed me. That's from Alex H. I mean, if he was raised to believe in Santa... Why wouldn't they at least pretend they believed him? That sounds like gaslighting. <laughs> Look, we can't cover gaslighting this week. <laughs> if people see Santa, then Santa must be real, right? Uh, no. What I'm aiming at, and what I settled on for my second thesis, is that Santa Claus is a tulpa. Ooh, I like this. <laughs> The popular internet definition of a tulpa is being an object that is created in the imagination by visualization techniques, but at its maximum, a tulpa can become a physical being capable of independent thought. I love it. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. <laughs> tulpa is a Tibetan word meaning emanation, apparition, or magical illusion. And the practices of contemporary tulpa mancers are supposedly modeled on the esoteric practices of Tibetan mystics, who we are often told have been producing sentient mental entities through meditation for sensory for, for centuries. Not centuries. Please tell me you're going to name this episode Santa is a tulpa. <laughs> I haven't decided if I'm going to say tulpa or me. No. Oh. Oh, shit. Those are both very compelling. <laughs> so, the idea is working on visualization and the uh, the... The focus here, or I should say the misinformation, is that people think that Tibetan mystics are just able to crap a person out of the sky and make a person just by pr practicing tulpamancy. I'm sorry, who thinks that? Um, people who write about tulpas, mostly. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, the word means something totally different in Buddhism as it does in Western culture the result of which is imagining something into being. Okay. One person can imagine something into being in their mind. That's easy, right? You can think yeah. of a rock right now and you see a rock. Yeah. That thing gets its own independent thought in your mind? That's a little scary, right? Yeah. That thing becomes real? Outside of your brain? That's pretty impressive. <laughs> My brother, when I was young developed this character called the goat woman and he said if i looked outside and on a full moon i would see her 
and he drew pictures of her, and he's a good artist. And it became a sincere, like, absolute terrifying thought I had as a child. I was afraid it would become a tulpa, even though I didn't even know what the word meant. Mm-hmm. That's all. Sorry. <laughs> tulpa Mancy grew popular enough to cover in the media in the mid 2010s, influenced oh, by depictions. In- <laughs> sorry, that distracted me that you said that. <laughs> Influenced by depictions in television and cinema from the 90s and 2000s, the term tulpa started to be used to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend. Really? I have never heard that word until I started listening to last podcast on the left. Practitioners consider tulpas to be sentient and relatively autonomous. Online communities dedicated to tulpas spawned on the 4chan and Reddit websites. Of course they did. These communities refer to tulpa practitioners as tulpa mancers. The communities gained popularity when adult fans of My Little Pony oh, God. started discussing tulpas of characters from My Little Pony television series. The fans attempted to use meditation and lucid dreaming techniques to create imaginary friends. That I were mean, ponies. I was dreaming. I wasn't aware that that could create imaginary friends or, or ponies, but cool, bro. <laughs> cool bronies. Um, there, there's a screenshot. I'm told it's popular just from the website that I took it from. Of a of a tulpa that they created. Of a person writing about problems that they had with their tulpa. Okay. It's posted by anonymous. I mean, a tulpa's not a fucking pet. I don't understand. What do you mean? I mean, no, let me hear about these problems before I learn. <laughs> okay. It's a list of steps, I think, that happened. Like, topas be like, am I right? Be me. That's step one. Okay. Step two, forever alone. Decide to create Twilight Sparkle Tulpa. Oh, God. Get into a romantic relationship with it. What are you doing? What? No, this is like, I'm listening. This is gibberish. One I day I get a it. girlfriend. Tulpa Sparkle is not happy. Well, I yeah. Get... If you're in a relationship with it, you can't just get another one without breaking up, you dumb fuck. <laughs> I get rid of her with a guide I found. Think that's the end of it. Days later, she comes back with the rest of the main six. All Tulpas. You dumb bitch. You don't get to just get rid of magical entities. How dumb. Trigger warning. They rape me constantly. Oh my god, I was gonna make a joke and then I realized I can't make a joke about that. But I was like, that would be so stupid if the Tulpa sexually assaulted them, but you really said that. They beat me up whenever I talk to a girl. Haven't left the house in a week. They're threatening to kill me if I don't bring the rest of their pony friends to Earth in the form of Tulpas. Well, okay, my question not to you, but to them is... Why, like, what's wrong with them? Why don't you just date the... Why didn't you stay dating the Tulpa you were dating? Why <laughs> did you decide to replace them and then, like, not even formally break up with them? Like, maybe you're the problem. Okay, they did rape you. That is never okay. But, like, you must... Like, why did you just leave them? You can't just drop people and expect them to go back to their world. You're much more compassionate than 4chan, of course. <laughs> uh, the final line of the post is what should i do here and anonymous they were all like kill yourself said do i even need to tell you to kill yourself yeah oh yeah exactly 
Hey, I used to go on 4chan back in the day before it was a racist thing. <laughs> I know how that goes. And that's not the only one. Posted a couple of years ago. I could find newer ones, but I wanted to actually find one that had this continued slant on it. Here is some background. Skip ahead for the main question. So, my Tolpa, Pyre, he's a Charizard with a unique birthmark. And I have been a thing to varying degrees since 2012. Okay, I- I'm sorry. I-, I will stop jumping in. But, like, I understand these are mythical creatures. I have no problem with people having a relationship with some sort of, like, magical, mystical being. But it's still fucking bestiality. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean, like, that's not gross just because they're magical, bro. <laughs> He's been with me... Oh, I should note, that's about eight years, um, based on when this post went up. Okay. He's been with me through thick and thin as of late, but in the first few years we were together, he would occasionally get angry at the various goings-on of the human world, slash my life, and fly back to the mystery dungeon world we have in the Wonderland. This could I don't last- know what that means. <laughs> What does that mean? You're encouraged to build your tulpa in a wonderland. So basically building a sort of peaceful place in your mind. And that's where you would go to essentially build the tulpa. We'll talk about that in a little bit. In 2017, he was gone for an entire year and came back incredibly weakened, barely vocal, completely unable to switch and frail. As I'm unable to access the mystery dungeon world except in lucid dreams while he's angry and blocks it off... And even then, when I went around asking the townies, what? I, I don't know what's happening. And looking for him myself, we couldn't find him. I tried Sounds to get. Like just talking about Second Life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I tried to get, but Second Life it exists in your head only. <laughs> I tried to get Pyre to explain his side on here, but he doesn't really want to talk about where he's been. He's not really person savvy. During this time, although it was incredibly, I was incredibly worried about him, I continued to live my life and focus on my remaining servitor tulpa thing. I don't know what that uh, she's kind of ambiguous. I, I don't know what that is. Um, and I also started to date someone, a rather straight-laced dude who has no you idea about any choose. of this. You can't. You, you have to choose. You can't have a regular boyfriend and fucking have a relationship with magical beings that you conjured. No fucking shit. <laughs> How do I bring up Pyre to my boyfriend? What do I say? I will Unless admit. Your boyfriend wants to be polyamorous. <laughs> How is it? I'm sorry. I'm getting mad about something that like isn't. I don't want to say isn't real. Probably isn't real, but it's making me very angry, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I will admit there's a lot of conflict of interest, as in the mystery dungeon world, Pyre and I are kind of a thing. But we've agreed for a long time that it's only a thing in the Wonderland and nothing explicit happens. Yeah, but humans don't make that contract with you, bitch. I'm really worried about losing this relationship and messing up my whole life plan. Maybe you should have thought about that before you conjured a topa. No, I don't have any. You know what? I don't have any sympathy for people who be fucking with magic. And then don't even consider the repercussions. Yeah. I have to agree with you. Also, people who think that just because it's magic, you can have bestial relationships. (laughs) So, that's a little bit about how tulpas were sort of rising on the internet um, in, Mm -hmm. in 
again, like the mid to late 2010s. Wow. Um, that seemed insincere. <laughs> no, so, that wasn't insincere. <laughs> I, like, I There is entire, uh, uh, don't tell me, don't tell me. What? Reddits? There's entire Reddits dedicated to tulpas, and not just Subreddit. one. Subreddits. Subreddit. Shit. Yeah. I'm going to get it right one day. Hey, it took me a while to learn that. So I thought, how, how do you do this? So I went to where everybody goes to figure out how to do things. I went to WikiHow. Oh, how do you do what? Summon a tulpa? Yeah. Okay. Um... This is my favorite episode we've ever done. <laughs> Just so you know. Having a tulpa may come with many benefits, although many start creating one simply because they want a companion that understands them better than anyone else. Tulpas are often associated with My Little Pony lovers, but many different tulpe exist. Ooh, tulpe. First, you have to plan. It says, your tulpa will be a lifelong companion and will be with you for the rest of your life. Spend Ooh. some time thinking about it, because if you change your mind after creating a tulpa, you could get rid of them. But tulpas are people with their own personality and thoughts, as Marissa was saying. Yeah. Getting rid of a tulpa is killing them, and that means... And that would mean... that's Okay, that's a typo. Okay. And that would mean you're killing a person. So, tulpicide. <laughs> okay. Plan out your tulpa. You can start by thinking about the form or personality that you want them to have. You don't have to choose a permanent form or personality for them, as it is very likely that they will deviate from what you originally planned. Hey guys, you're not God here. Right. Plan your tulpa's appearance. You can plan out your tulpa's appearance by drawing, if it helps, or just by visualizing it. There is a guy who said it took him 150 hours, I think. No more than three hours a day. Okay. No less than 20 minutes a day to make his tulpa. Okay. So there's a major time commitment here. You should not create the tulpa based on any real humans, living or dead. Otherwise, the tulpa will take on, like, subconscious attributes that you associate with that person. If you create a tulpa off of a ba based off of a fictional character, make sure you to let your tulpa know that they are not that character. They just have their appearance. Wait, but then, like, wouldn't that kind of be awesome if, like, you had a crush on a guy and he didn't like you, but then you created a tulpa of him? Or Would am I it? misunderstanding what you said? Until he gains independent thought and then says, wait. Kind of like oh. when Buzz Lightyear found out he wasn't Buzz, the, the only Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Plan your tulpa's personality. That seems, like, obvious, right? Yeah. <laughs> but again... It's unlikely that they're... Oh, no, this time they're saying that it's unlikely their personality will deviate into something harmful. Okay. Next, you start with visualization. I mean, that's debatable since the one raped the person. Right. Uh, next, start with visualization. Sit down and just think about that, that form that you've created in your mind. Try to visualize it as best you can. And after a while, you should try to touch your tulpa in your imagination. Try to feel their hair or the details of their body. Oh. Also, you can create smells that are associated with your tulpa. 
you also want to visualize your tulpa's movements, right? Like we all have some unique movement to us. And uh, that's something else that you can consider. And, of course, you do have to have a wonderland, um, and this is where you can let your tulpa sort of do its thing. Uh, this is sort of, I guess, like the waiting room until you come back, which is not really the right way to think about it. But So, next part would be, and we're only on part three, uh, <laughs> is you have to start talking to your tulpa. Um, do not project responses onto your tulpa. Just wait for your tulpa to respond. Okay. And you can talk about whatever you want. There's no set of questions that you have to ask or get answers to. You just have a conversation. Okay. Sometimes it's not going to answer back right away. So you got to be patient. After your tulpa starts to talk to you, you can choose a voice for them if you haven't created one, if they haven't created one themselves. Next, you want to check their sentience. This is part four. Close your eyes and tell your tulpa that you're opening your mind to them. Imagine them walking through a door that leads to your subconscious. Your tulpa can now see your memories, how you feel about everything about you as a person. Don't do this right away, but wait until there's some trust between you so your tulpa won't take this for granted. Signs of sentience include, your tulpa talks back to you with full sentences and has their own opinions. Or, they do things that you don't expect them to do. <laughs> okay. Then, you want to try to move your tulpa into reality. Go on walks with your tulpa. And for some reason, I think this is kind of like an extra step. Uh, <laughs> it says, visit tulpa forums. <laughs> <laughs> if not, you're fucked. Yeah. So the idea makes sense, right? I mean, yes. Makes sense. Does it's it? tough. I know what you mean. Um, the idea, I have explained the idea, question mark. <laughs> So, Slenderman, right? Created on the internet. Yeah. People did some creepypastas, got into people's minds. Mm -hmm. Some people started to think it was real. Mm -hmm. Is Slenderman real? Not for this show. Not for this yeah. show. But, Freddy versus Jason. Marissa, I'm sure you haven't seen it. In the no. movie, Freddy Krueger, nobody knows who he is. Oh, okay. And that's because, well, I, the kids don't know who he is. And that's okay. because their parents have been drugging their kids so that they don't have dreams and they don't remember that Freddy exists. But once once the kids start getting off the drugs, they start to remember Freddy and then Freddy becomes real again. Why would the kids get off the drugs? Because they didn't know what it did. Why wouldn't the parents just tell them? Yeah, yeah. That's stupid. Also, were the parents drugging themselves as well? Or do, does Freddy only like teenagers? I think he only, uh, I think it's like the power of the youth. That oh, sort of okay. makes him, you know, maybe that he just likes victims that are kids, too. Mm -hmm. So, Santa, because of the idea and propagation of ideas and thoughts of billions of people across the world, I think that we have made Santa real. And I to this end, this topic. <laughs> and to this end, yes, he has magical abilities and he can deliver presents all across the world in one night. Now, last point I'll make. What is threatening Santa Claus as a tulpa? Uh, people like my parents who don't have me believe in him? Right, but you have an understanding of him. Yeah. I'm not going to put this on your parents. I'm going to say that new ideas of Santa as a murderer or action star or being violent 
may mm. affect our culture's perception of Santa Claus. Oh man, I love it. The so director he might start killing us. The director of A Mean One, Stephen Lamort, who he told EW.com, I think that people are looking for new and exciting ways to rediscover the holiday spirit. I don't think I don't think it's people that don't like Christmas that want to see Santa kick ass in Violent Night. I think it's people that love Christmas and love Santa Claus and want to see him as a hero. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I didn't see Violent Night. I'm not going to, but I love Christmas and I wanted to see it, but not because I need a new way to define Christmas. It's because I like David Harbour or whatever his name is. Right. Violent Night. Uh, is a 2022 movie in which David Harbour's Father Christmas kills a small army of mercenary robbers. A mean one, though, Marissa. Would you like to share with people how you feel about that? The fucking Grinch one? This is from the makers of the Winnie the Pooh movie. Makes me want to kill myself. Except instead of making Winnie the Pooh and Piglet into really disturbing-looking murderers, uh, he's done the same thing with the Grinch. But the Grinch is, like, baseline disturbing looking right. and weird. So, like, it's just, like, it's too much. It makes sense if you want to twist something, like, innocent. But the Grinch is fucked up to begin with. Yeah. I don't mean his looks. I mean every, his whole... His oh, whole, no, both. Both apply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. His whole situation. And there's another one, Christmas Bloody Christmas, which premiered on AMC+. Plus. That they, For some reason, they lumped that in with these other two that actually came out in theaters. <laughs> Um, which probably has 7,000 F-words in it, and it's like a scumpunk gang or duo against a robot killer Santa Claus. Okay, I do like if they're suddenly trying to make scumpunks yeah. uh, a thing in pop culture again. But they're really annoying. <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like anyone knows how to depict a charming scumpunk except for the people behind Portlandia. I'll tell you what, everybody. I stopped watching that movie. <laughs> and if what? you listen, if you watch Pete's previews or listen to this podcast, you might go, wow, what was wrong with that movie? <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget Fat Man from 2020, where Mel Gibson played Santa Claus defending his declining business and fighting against a hitman who was sent to kill him by a disgruntled 12-year-old. I didn't know that. Was anyone ready for Mel Gibson to be that in 2020? Did that movie do okay? You can watch it on Peacock. Well-known anti-Semite Mel Gibson? Yeah, loves playing Christian characters. (laughs) Yeah, but Santa's not Christian. Yeah, but Christmas is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems almost blasphemous because he was starring as someone who took the Christ out of Christmas. At this time, he was, I think, still trying to get back up on his feet. Okay. I was, I, I too was very surprised that he was the star of the movie. Yeah. But the movie did need star power to get attention, I think. Okay, fair. So, as Marissa alluded to earlier, as a cultural, if we, as what? a culture, <laughs> okay, if we keep pushing these ideas, how long will it be before Santa comes to your home to murder you? Um, yeah, I'm curious. What do you think, if you want to Did I sell us. the idea? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I want to say, if you want to guess how long before Santa comes to murder us, call us at 570 <laughs> Or email us at shout at yallheard.me. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. This is definitely my favorite episode. <laughs>
disclaimer, we do not, um, I wouldn't say we don't condone, but I would say we, we do not encourage you to attempt creating a tulpa. Right, yeah. Um, do so at your own risk. But if you did create a tulpa, please call in. We want to do a whole episode asking you about your tulpa. Yeah, that's true. We would yeah. like that. Yeah, that um, fantastic. If you don't buy this, then you can always go back into our archive. I believe it was last year when I uh, put out my hypothesis about Santa being an alien. We've yeah. covered we've covered different Santas that exist. Uh, we've talked about alternative caroling, all sorts of fun things. So um, give that a look if you're like, I want some more holiday fun. Yeah. Plugs. Plug-wise, Marissa, what do you got? Can you go first? I had a plug, now I lost it. I wanted to plug two things. One thing I'm going to scoop old Marissa Phillips on. Uh-oh. It looks funny. Murderville. The Murderville thing with uh, Santa Claus that's coming up. What? There's a new one? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. I was actually watching the old episodes of Murderville the other day. Just being like, I wonder if enough people will watch this to make there be more. They're having a Christmas special that has Maya Rudolph and Jason Bateman. Is it out now? It comes out yesterday. <laughs> I want it, like, now. You can watch the commercial or, like, the trailer for it. So if you're not familiar... Actually, you know what? I'm going to let Marissa tell you about Murderville, the show. God, I don't even... (laughs) Murderville is an improvised show uh, with different guest stars every episode. Uh, The only recurring... Well, the main recurring character is... What the hell is his name? Will Arnett. Will Arnett. Who cried when Amy Poehler dumped him. Yes, exactly. Uh, he is a detective, and every episode he enlists a new celebrity guest to be uh, a fellow detective working a murder mystery case. And while the general like like murder mystery story is scripted, the celeb has no script, no idea what they're walking into, and they are all just reacting in real time to the story being woven in front of them. And I found it really funny. Yes. Uh, I will say, Pete, I don't know how you feel about this. I want more, what the hell is his name? Marshawn Lynch? Yeah, you, you, you just want Marshawn Lynch to be on every episode. <laughs> Absolutely. I watched it again the other day because I was just like, I watched Marshawn Lynch on, on a celebrity baking thing. And I was like, this man is fantastic. <laughs> I want all the Marshawn Lynch content. So yeah, if you haven't seen it, I recommend the Marshawn Lynch <laughs> My second plug is one that's a little bit harder to find. So that's going to be on Netflix. This other one is, I know it's on AMC Plus, and I know you're like, Pete, shut up about AMC Plus. <laughs> the good news is that in three days, I won't have it anymore. But there is a show that they have on there, which is called Creep Show. And mm-hmm. it's kind of like a Tales from the Crypt Wait, is it like the old creep show? No, it's a reboot, if you will. Okay. Okay. Um, but follows the same model. Okay. And there is a creep show holiday special uh, called Shapeshifters Anonymous, and okay. it stars Adam Pally as a guy who oh my God. 
who is turning into a werewolf, but it's like a new thing. He he thinks he's a werewolf. He's not sure if he's... So he goes to a Shapeshifters Anonymous meeting and meets a bunch of other people who are shapeshifters and shape, shapeshift into different things. The only one I'm remembering off the top of my head right now is the turtle because the turtle one was just like, what the fuck, a turtle? Can I watch this? Like, is it gory? And also, can you share your AMC with me just for one day? <laughs> I don't recall if it's gory. If it is gory, it's like over the top gory, I'm sure. Okay. There's a lot of shooting because it turns out that Santa Claus, the revised history of Santa Claus in this particular uh, show, <laughs> says that he is hunting shapeshifters basically that he's okay. out to kill all shapeshifters and uh, a sw- and all of the santas that exist like in malls and on street corners and stuff like that are all part of this santa group that tries to kill shapeshifters so very climactic ending when the building is surrounded by uh santa clauses <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> okay i am going to I have a plug, but I have seen the title of this <laughs> in many variations. Oh, I think I got it. Okay. So this is on Roku TV, which if you're like, I'm not fucking buying Roku TV. You don't have to. You just go to like, just Google Roku TV and like stream it all. It's free. You don't have to have a Roku unit in order to watch Roku TV. Yeah. I just watched it on my phone and then like cast it on my TV. Mm-hmm. So just Google Roku TV for this. It's worth it. It's the Great American Baking Show, colon, Celebrity Holiday. Uh, this features the hosts, not the hosts, the judges from The Great British Bake Off, which I don't watch. I'm not plugging this because I love The Great British Bake Off. Never seen it. So British judges, uh, and this has all celebrity, quote unquote celebrity, people baking stuff. Uh, it has Chloe Feynman from SNL. It has... Nat Faxon, if you know who that is. I know him Why? by face, not by name. Why is he famous? I know. I was just like, I know him from, like, friends from college. I don't really know him from anything else. Uh, it has Liza Kashi, who became internet famous and now is trying to be known as an actress. The one lady from The Good Place. Joel Kim Booster, one of my favorite comedians. But guys, <laughs> most most notably, it has Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> Baking things very badly but being so fucking charming and so hilarious so if you need uh more holiday content i like and it's not a lot of those baking shows you have to like watch a bunch of episodes to see the ending this is all what contained in one episode oh yeah yeah that that makes such a difference when you know that there's an ending that's why i like nailed it so much nailed it has some some fun holiday episodes as well (laughs) see nailed it i can't fall in love with because you know it's gonna look bad Yesterday, I was cracking the fuck up because I was watching, what is it, like Food Network's Holiday Bake Off, which like has like legit chefs, mm-hmm. and they had to make a croquembouche, if I said that wrong, whatever, a bunch of cream puffs that look like snowmen, and they looked so fucking bad, <laughs> like so bad, but since they were from real chefs, I was just laughing my ass off, so I only find it funny if it's not supposed to look bad. Anyway, but Pete, you might even like the special. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I thought it was fun. I was um, happy to see Zach Cherry working. Who's that? He's the one of the co-hosts. Oh, he was great. That, not, I don't know what that's not playing. Ellie Kemper. <laughs> he looked familiar. What's he from? He, that's the thing about him. He's like behind the scenes in everything. <laughs> He's never really been a lead in anything, but he like has appeared in many, many different things. 
he definitely stole the show host wise ellie kemper is just hyper ellie kemper he was really funny so yeah guys just watch it it's like so fun i mean joel kim booster such a cutie um, next week is our christmas episode so if you have any suggestions i guess this is my christmas episode next week is marissa's christmas yes. episode i would welcome suggestions if not i will figure out something by then but uh yeah Guys, um, also, no one's going to call, but I'm going to put this out there. Alex, maybe you'll call. Um, I am hosting Christmas this year, and I have family members who try not to eat a lot of meat and a brother who is trying to be vegan. So if you have any very easy, either side dish or appetizer recipes that are either vegetarian or vegan, call me at 570-PODWOD1. Uh, Carrots. At least a week before Christmas. <laughs> so call me the day this comes out. <laughs> Otherwise, it's pointless. <laughs> because I need to start planning my menu. Um, but guys, yeah, just call us at 570 for whatever. Um, and uh, thanks for listening and stay safe. Anything else, Pete? Bye, everybody. All right, bye. Hi. Hi.